Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I'm Jordan. As usual, jumping right on in to 1026, then later 323 to 333. Here we go. Gotta look at Nami doing some tailoring. Very proud lions. Indeed. Took that uh, hand-me-down shirt that Bellamare gave her all those years ago and monetized that. <laughs> Worked out pretty good for her in this alternate timeline. It's a delightful one. Mm-hmm. Not sure why he has to be on like a little stool, considering Leo is already pretty tiny. But I guess it helps Nami. It's cuter that way. That's the main thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I shouldn't question it because of that alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. 1026, the pivotal clash. And what a clash it is. We start out in the main capital of Wano, the flower capital. People partying in the streets, having a great time. Except for uh, my Tendru friend, who is uh, a little bit stressed out about a couple things. Yeah, I feel bad for this dude. You and me both. He's having a good time with the Otoko to a certain extent, but uh, I'm sure he's got to be stressing not only over Tama's fate, which we know he is concerned about, uh, but also the fate of Wano itself based on the battle that's happening. Absolutely. The more that I think about it, he's perfect to be watching over Otoko because he's already basically been doing this. So like, even though it's weighing on him for sure, I just love that he's making sure she's having fun and, like, being a good guardian. It's it's pretty cool. Indeed. Yeah, I remember Otoko's dad just recently died, so uh, she really needs this party. <laughs> yeah. Needs a big distraction, and it seems to be working, so Indeed. that's something. She's got cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not so great, though, is that in the background, as we transition back to Onigashima, you can see that Onigashima has very nearly arrived over the flower capital. Not great. No. Didn't want this plan to come to fruition, but it's uh, nearly there. Mm-hmm. We pop on back to the roof, where another of the Marys, uh, I guess they continue to operate even after uh, Bao Huang has died, or been knocked out, or whatever happened to her. So uh, I guess she was not the one in control of the system. She was just another one. I guess. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a a section leader or something like that, maybe. They definitely relied on her for bigger things, it seemed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're doing fine, which is not the best for us. <laughs> Indeed. The intelligence system of Onigashima remains intact, much to our despair. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see any cipher pull this week. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. It just feels like a week where it should be, you know? But not here. And if I recall correctly, we didn't see them last week when Momonosuke was rampaging through the castle either. Nope. Which you would think would be relevant to their interests since they just recently pointed out that a Vegapunk did create a devil fruit, but it was a failure. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll be uh, very interested the next time we check in with them. Indeed. Well, to keep our eyes peeled for a 
our masked friends. Mm -hmm. But for the moment, this Mary acts as the narrator, reminding us that Yamato, on the roof, bloodied and bruised, there's a bit of a situation happening between uh, our friend Kaido and our friend Momonosuke and Luffy. A dragon showdown. Kaido, Momonosuke, having a stare down. Yamato has a brief flashback to when uh, Momonosuke said, Hey, if only I could be a great big dragon, maybe I could be of use. And I guess that's when it's clicking in his head. Oh, that must be Momonosuke. I thought it clicked last week when they showed up, but I guess they, they just kind of had the thought then, and now he's like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Indeed. Suspected it last week. Confirmation here, as far as Yamato is concerned. Yeah. Uh, that Mary, still going crazy, shouting all sorts of stuff. Don't know who that dragon is, but uh, sure does appear to be an enemy. One bad dude. Indeed. But uh, all Queen has to say about that is, oh, that was Yamato up there keeping Kaido busy. Who cares about dragons? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess as far as uh, Queen and the rest of like the main forces of Kaido would be concerned, I guess they would be a little bit confused about where Kaido has been <laughs> all this time after mm, bopping yeah. Luffy. Yeah, that's true. But, uh... Mystery solved. Good for you, Queen. Questions <laughs> answered. Finally on the same page as us readers. <laughs> That's right. Kaido here going straight to business, charging up a classic blast breath. Luffy wants him to counter it with his own. Uh, Momonosuke doesn't know how to do that, though, and can only dodge. <laughs> it's a good dodge. He's got fine control, it seems. Indeed. Can um, move that very lengthy body like no one's business. Proud mm -hmm, of him. Mm -hmm. I'm a little worried about where that blast breath ends up hitting, because that's, that's not a negligible attack. Going to be some collateral yeah. damage somewhere, I assume. I'm sure it'll fizzle out somewhere before it hits anything of note. They're pretty high up. Yeah, but, well, okay, yeah, I guess we don't know if he's aiming down at all. But uh, there's also a lot of water he could hit if he was aiming down, so. <laughs> that's true. Um... Momonosuke doesn't want to fight at all. Uh, Luffy says something that we, the reader, don't get to know about just yet. Blasts off and pounds Kaido into the ground from above with another classic elephant gun. Got him good. I don't think Kaido's going to forgive Luffy for this. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, even though this is the second time it has happened to him, and <laughs> Luffy is still alive. so He is, but, you know, Kaido's... Well, I guess we don't really see a reaction from Kaido to this. He just kind of gets flattened. Yeah, he's like, oh, what's that up there? And then his face is in the dirt. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's rough being large. Then we flash back to the previous page where uh, Luffy <laughs> tells <laughs> Momonosuke, bite the guy. To which Momonosuke gives his classic eloquent response. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> hey, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Pretty much. Sweet, to the point, repeated four times for emphasis. Mm -hmm. Well done, my guy. Helps him remember. <laughs> Indeed. But after yelling at Luffy and considering it for a hot second, he remembers all the terrible things that Kaido has done, and how he is more or less single-handedly responsible for uh, the pretty bad place his life is at the moment. Mm -hmm. Musters his courage and his rage and bites that guy right in the very long neck. Dragon is very good against dragon, it seems. 
People have tried many times to cut Kaido to no avail, but one chomp, real good. We've always known that One Piece world abides by Pokemon rules. This is not news. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, should have brought Brooke up here. Yeah, they should have. Ice type, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but takes that bite. Kaido shouts out, either in pain or surprise. I am more inclined to believe it is surprise more than anything else. Reels back. He's like, "What the heck are you doing, child?" <laughs> Please remove your teeth from my body, if you would. Yeah. It's it's like a, a puppy biting their mom or dad or whatever. Just like, mm -hmm. why are you playing? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and he seems as though he's going to retaliate. And uh, Momo sees his life flash before his eyes, I feel. It's a short life, so. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Recently accelerated, like 26 years, but... That doesn't make it longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just in terms of body age is all. Mm -hmm. Yamato goes to try to intercept the attack, but uh, Luffy gets there first. Well done. The plan worked out. Uh -huh. Big punch. Good thing that uh, Momo got his teeth out of Kaido before Luffy punched him away. I would imagine that would have hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaido, again, not down. Kashunk, he says. Meanwhile, we're back in the uh, treasure room underneath the dome. Jack and Inurashi and Perospero and Nakamamushi's fights are not going so well for our dog and cat friends. The storm clouds brought by Kaido fighting up above have blocked out the moon. And cause them to revert back to their base forms. Not good. Not good for the squad. They were real close, but alas. Indeed. I do appreciate just how, like, <laughs> to the point Jack is. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you just hit me one more time, you would have gotten me, but too bad that'll never happen now. <laughs> Sure would be a shame for me if uh, something cool and shonen happened uh, to make that happen. Hey, it's true to his character. I, I said it before. He's just not the smartest dude. No. Uh, then outside, Parasparrow having a similar conversation with Nekomamushi. It's not the moon's fault. Hey, you didn't have bad luck. I'm just the luckiest man alive. See my sweet candy axe I'm about to murder you with? It's very large. Indeed. It's rough for everybody involved. Uh, Carrot and Wanda still outside, pointing out what we can already see with our eyeballs, that the Sulon forms have worn off. A shame. Not sure why they didn't use theirs to, like, help, but I guess they're just too beat up? I guess so. Either that, or, and or, Nekomakushi wanted to avenge Pedro himself. Combination of the two, perhaps. Don't know. I could see that. Uh, let's see here. Momo is being shouted by Luffy, outside it seems. Uh, seems that, uh, the Mary left his mite sensitivity on maximum. It's there a fair distance away. But, uh, what <laughs> Luffy is saying here can be heard within the castle. Uh, he's saying, hey, just took a bite of a Yonko. Is there really anything left for you to be afraid of? And Momo knows, he's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> Yeah, Momo doesn't know about the government. Yeah, that's true. Poor guy. Live in this bliss, Momo. That's right. 
a motivational moment from our boy Luffy tells him fly away stop the castle from being dropped figure it out basically use that child brain of yours <laughs> indeed I do really appreciate that I was a little bit concerned about this when uh, the concept of age progression was being uh, uh, suggested by Momonosuke and Shinobu a few chapters ago I was a little bit worried that after he became an adult he wasn't going to act like the Momonosuke we know even though it was explicitly stated that his mental state remains as is Mm. But uh, Momonosuke has remained the cowardly child that he was when he was, indeed, a little boy. Um, yeah. Do you think that they'll uh, keep the same voice actor in the anime? I don't think so. I think they'll maybe use the same guy that they got for Odin. Oh, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Um, Let's see here. Like I said before, these things are being heard by the people within the castle. Sanji and Zoro looking really cool, fighting back to back, trying to figure out if that was indeed Momonosuke that rampaged through the castle last chapter. They conclude that it could not be, though. So, they way are... to be wrong, my guys. Yeah, they are very <laughs> wrong. But, oh well. Indeed. They're both huffing and wheezing, though. Yeah, they've been tussling with... The two biggest guns, aside from Kaido himself, and Bitmom. Yes, Bitmom's here. That's (laughs) true. I'm a little surprised that they have time for this moment, but I am very glad it happened. I would imagine that Queen and Kane are also listening to what is being said as well. So, there's That's true. This is all, this is happening in, like, bullet time. That's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We pop onto the next page. We get a big ol', it's not really a double page spread, but it's like, a lot of big panels. It's yeah, it's built extremely like a double page spread. Indeed, the focus is on the center. Quite so. Luffy declares, "Don't worry about Kaido." While Kaido is making a very grumpy dragon face, I guarantee you, I'll win. Everyone's reacting to this. Big Mom thinks it's truly hilarious. Kid and Law are like, "Hey, we're keeping Big Mom busy down here, so you better." Do your job, too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even know what he's been up to. Indeed. I do appreciate that we see, out of the straw hats, only Frankie <laughs> react to this news. But he's the only one who really counts. He's the only straw hat in my head anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we haven't checked in with him in a bit, so it's good to see his big old smile. Indeed. What a guy, that Frankie. Mm-hmm. Kaido here has an opinion on that thing that Luffy just said. He's like, hey, do you really think there's even a single chance that you can beat me? And Luffy says the line that has been taking the internet by storm today. As long as I'm alive, I have infinite chances. They finally clash, and round three begins. You gotta love it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Luffy appears to be uh, based on like the atmosphere's reaction to their clash truly on par with the big boys now because their clash splits the sky just like it did with big mom and kaido and shanks and whitebeard all those years ago it's a big moment mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool that's right this didn't happen when uh luffy was clashing with him the first time or the second time around i suppose <laughs> so uh i guess luffy has leveled up once more a little bit 
Well done. He's uh, ready to take the rest of the world by storm. Well, not quite ready, but basically. <laughs> if he gets through this, he will be. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and we know he's gonna, so. I don't know. Raid still might fail. People still think that. <laughs> Even huh. this late in the game. Okay. <laughs> All right. But their clash splits the sky, like we said. In doing so, the moon is once again exposed, allowing uh, Nekamamushi and Inuarashi to get in those one last hits that uh, Jack was talking about a few paces ago. It's an Odin one-stored style, feline frenzy, and canine cleaver. One of those people didn't actually have a sword, but I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it's a state of mind. <laughs> ah, the Odin one-sword style is a state of mind. <laughs> Exactly. I understand. Uh, You just gotta have confidence in what you say and it works out. (laughs) Haven't you learned anything? I mean, that is what Odin did, so I I guess that checks out. Yeah. (laughs) I do appreciate that we get the confirmed down and out for both of them right here, right now. It'd be hard to deny it, right? I mean, looking at them, it would be... Well, I guess Perispero is one tricky dude, but like... I don't know. (laughs) This is a tough one. Yeah. In this particular instance, just because Jack explicitly said, if you hit me once more, I'll probably die or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he gets hit again. Not fully necessary, but they've done this with all the other, like, main guys that have been fighting so far. Right. So, fair enough. It just took him a little bit longer with them. And then we leave it on a very pretty boy. (laughs) Yep, there he is. Half of Orochi. I sure hope that it's all that is left of him, and he's just bleeding out the other side that we can't see. <laughs> He'll be dead one or two panels from now. Uh, there's no way, but I like the way you think. Indeed. Uh, not sure what his role is going to be moving forward. This man has been cut down like eight times and still kicking. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. Um, I do appreciate that it might give Momonosuke a chance to settle up with him. Maybe he'll, like, go try to stop Momonosuke from using his clouds to stop Odigashima from falling. But that doesn't really help Orochi, so I don't... I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, man. No one does, and that's fine, I guess. I don't want to look at him anymore. (laughs) Understood. Now... To touch on this Jack and Perispero, indeed, being down for good thing for a hot second. Narratively, as far as the flows this chapter is concerned, I liked it a lot. Circumstances occurring elsewhere on the battlefield provided them an opportunity to deal their final blows. But uh, it sure is a shame that we didn't get very much of the actual fights before (laughs) that final blow. Uh, I guess so. I don't. I don't care about these. Actually, I don't. I don't know how much I care about these four. Honestly, like, Perispero sure. has annoyed me for a long time. Jack is, and the other two are just. I don't know. They're there. They had their time, and I'm done with them now. So, like, sure, it would have been nice to have more. But if Oda's gonna give us the Yamato and Momo and Luffy instead, I'd much rather have that. Well, sure, and I know that I've 
said something of that effect previously, too, that the fights I mostly care about are the yeah. Straw Hat ones. Yeah. But I also care, to a certain extent, about the ones with villains that we've been hyping up to a certain extent for hundreds of chapters, you know? Sure, but compare these guys to, you know, King and Queen, even. Like, Jack obviously is not on the same level as them, even though he's one of the terrors or whatever they are. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know, it's obvious. And also, these two aren't chumps. Like, they're in Sulong form, and they took him out. It, it wouldn't take too much. Like we said, well, at least Jack was pretty beat up even before this fight. Uh, Parasparrow, kind of too. So, eh, maybe there just wasn't even much to show. I suppose so. I mean, in the story, I think it makes total sense based on what we've seen so far that these two could beat Parasparrow and Jack. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we already saw that, like, Sulon... Necromamushi and Parasparrow at full strength were able to pretty easily beat full power Jack. Um, I think they also had the help of the other minks at the time too, but even so. Um, just a little bit bummed out that for Jack at least, one of the calamities that was like terrorizing Zoe all those chapters ago, the first guy we saw that was over a billion berries uh, kind of went down like a chump. But like you said... Ever since then, Jack has kind of been portrayed like a bit of a chump. Yeah. Uh, Queen and Kane make fun of him and think he's a weakling. And every fight he's been in since then, he's been kind of dunked on. So, yeah, enough, I suppose. Yeah, like, we could we could go back and forth on this for a while, I think. And <laughs> it doesn't matter, because this is what we got, you know? True. And that's where we're at, so... It's fine, unlike these two. Indeed. So with those two out of the way, and those are two of the larger ones we had left, that leaves Kaido, Big Mom, King and Queen, Apu, the earlobe guy, who I'm kind of surprised didn't go down before these guys, but uh, Mm -hmm. he's still out there. And um, Hawkins, I think, are the last, like, big contenders left. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I don't feel as though I'm missing anybody. If I were to take a guess, I would think probably Earlobe Guy would be the <laughs> the next man to go down, based on, like, ascending importance. I would hope much. so, but also I could see the Earlobe dude, like, checking in with Orochi. Sure, that's one of the reasons that I think he might go down next. We're seeing Orochi uh, now. Uh, I would imagine we'll touch on him more next chapter and perhaps get the conclusion of Fukuro Kujo and uh, Raizo all kind of wrapped up in one little mini arc of sorts. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start working our way up through the ranks to Big Mom and Kaido towards the end of the confrontation, I would imagine. It can't be too far off at this point. Uh, indeed. I would imagine at least... A chapter, hopefully two, of both King and Queen going down. Gotta get some sort of resolution to the mess that a killer is in with the doll being attached to a kid. And we gotta check in with Chopper, see how his old man baby form is doing. <laughs> Indeed. And maybe one day we'll see Apu again. No. Maybe. <laughs> Just no. He's always kind of been one of the less important supernovas, and even in like an arc that he's got some shine in he's a 
been kind of second fiddled, like mm-hmm. more like fifth or sixth fiddle. But yeah, when even when the uh, total number is lowered, he's still dragging behind. <laughs> Indeed. Um, did you have anything else to note on the current chapter? I'm all out of things to whine about. I think I got my fair share of whining in as well. <laughs> Very good. And that takes us right on into the Reed Reese segment, covering 323 to 333. I'm going to take this moment to say that it is raining, and it might be picked up on my mic. So if you hear that, enjoy the ASMR. If not, (laughs) great. Speaking of water, <laughs> Water 7 <laughs> starts out in such a calm fashion that it's like almost unnerving to me. Like the people that they talk to on this island seem pretty carefree, even when chatting with pirates that they immediately assume are there to loot them. <laughs> so like it's it's interesting. I, I get that Water 7 thrives on its like commercial industries and they're glad to have customers and pirates are just that. But like... Yeah, it just kind of catches me off guard that they're like, oh, hey, what's up? (laughs) Well, I think that's intentional, for sure, because then we find out later in that same chapter, I think, maybe the chapter after, uh, that, yeah, on occasion the pirates do get rowdy, but the shipwrights are strong enough to take them down with relative ease. Yeah. So they have good reason to feel that way. Exactly. Like, this, this dude, Mikazuki, thinks he can just get away without paying he does not last long at all. This dude only had a bounty of $36 million. I'm surprised that he even made it this far. <laughs> I guess he took, like, the, the sneaky roots through the Grand yeah, Line. He's a real buggy type. Indeed. I really appreciate that that guy decided to take up his, like, payment complaints with Polly initially, of all people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He doesn't really seem like the the bookkeeper of the, <laughs> of Galley Law. Yeah, Polly is possibly my favorite of the Galley Law, but uh, yeah, not exactly the one I would go to either. Are you taking like the ones that we know are not actually Galley Law into account with that statement? Yeah, yeah, I know that's tricky, but all all of them, yeah. Gotcha. And is that also taking into account their characterization? After their CP9 agents. But you like Polly more than Kaku, even as a giraffe man, for instance. <laughs> I'm going to have to reread it again before I can confidently say one way or the other. But I at least remember liking Polly. Like, the rope tricks are just fun. And if I remember, he doesn't even have a devil fruit. Like, he's just really good at this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think is awesome. That he can hold his own with these, well, not exactly, but, like, kind of hold his own with these really daunting dudes. It's it's just cool. Indeed. Sometimes skill is pretty useful, even in the One Piece world. Yeah. I don't like how heavily he goes into being, like, weird about women, (laughs) but it's... He's a bit of a weirdo, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I accept the way Sanji is. He's a little bit more tasteful than Polly here, but, you know, you you get all types, I guess. Indeed. So soon after this, the bulls, the Yagaras, I think, are introduced. Mm -hmm. The Lapras, yes. 
Lapras, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. We're just doing all Pokemon this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just neat that Oda uses them and the rental shop guy is just like a quick little way to give us a rundown of the city. Because like they wouldn't know how to navigate it at all. But thankfully, these things understand human uh, <laughs> and can just take them where they need to go. Indeed. Fortunate. Yeah. It's a beautiful city. I love just like looking at things that are happening all around in these chapters. Yeah. I love how Oda he doesn't really like take his time doing it, but it feels that way. He takes his time in the sense that that's really all the first two or three chapters of the arc are, but he packs so much in there that it feels like it's going really fast. Yeah. It's all so exciting. Like, you know, the, the crew is high in spirits. They just got this huge win. They're super mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. to find a new crewmate. And you're like, you're riding that high, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the information that's passed back and forth is just like natural and it feels good. And it's, it's really well done. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, Like you kind of touched on before, the it's a huge industrial town and pretty much everything in the town is based around that. The people there don't fear the pirates and sometimes even help them since most of the time pirates come there to do legitimate business, which helps the town economy. And uh, even when the pirates do decide to loot, it's usually fine because the shipwrights are pretty dang buff. And we saw that when they were fighting that guy, it's even a bit of a spectacle to the town folk when they have to beat people up. So yeah, it's almost like everybody a involved. circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much like, oh boy, the shipwrights have to beat somebody up again dope <laughs> let's go watch mm-hmm. and Oda sets all that stuff that i just mentioned up in one chapter and then they spend the following chapter following luffy and co exploring around the little lapras it's all pretty neat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all the while while doing that he even sneakily introduces the antagonists of the arts in there we yeah. don't know it yet of course but we meet kaku luchi kalifla three of the big ones yeah it's unlike a lot of other things because you don't expect it the first time around. These are just normal character introductions. And then mm-hmm. it hits you like a sack of bricks later. Whew. But also there's like, to touch on the the unnerving feeling, it does kind of, it weaves its way throughout all of this stuff that we've been talking about up to this point. Because like, weird stuff is happening with Robin. There's the, I don't know, there's the mystery of like, the who the Frankie family kind of is and what's going on there and like i don't know it's it touches on it every now and then but it's never overwhelming at least in my opinion uh agreed even early on this arc is juggling a lot um but we never dwell on any one thing for too long until we get to the whole usap debacle yeah and even all that stuff leading up to that is like you know, the ship problems and all that. Every little thing is leading up to the Usopp operation as well. So It's just really good, y'all. You should reread it. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. It's good stuff. We haven't even gotten into the like real bits, and it's just good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, getting back into the story. Um, basically, Kaku flies away to assess the ship, comes back, tells him it's toast, I didn't realize it originally, but it was so smart of Oda to remove Usopp from the situation right before the bad news was delivered. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. just 
yeah, obviously he had to do it, but whew, if he would have been there at the time, it would have been, I don't know how it would have been different, but blowing up right there in front of everyone would have gone way different, I think. And he would have been blowing up at Gali La, I would imagine, and not Luffy. So mm-hmm. the whole their conflict probably wouldn't have happened. But maybe it still would have, because Luffy still would have come to the conclusion, hey, gotta move on, gotta get a new ship. Um, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or they could have gotten kicked out and tried to sail away and all died. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good. No. <laughs> So, as much as what happens sucks, at least it's not the worst thing. (laughs) (sighs) So, as, like, Iceberg and everyone is explaining why the Mary is out of luck, Luffy is, like, he's he's sort of forced into a character growth situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Iceberg, who's actually pretty similar to Luffy in a few ways, insults his, like, captaining quality and ability... And I think he takes it pretty seriously. It probably sticks to him. Because this dude... The main thing about this dude is just that he is important. Like, (laughs) if you need one word to sum him up, it's just important. And this dude just tears him down with really no effort. Like, he's not trying to tear him down. He's just making a comment. But, uh... He's right. Like, if any other crew member was in as bad shape as the Mary, there's no way Luffy would let them fight. Like, if if he had any say in it at all, he wouldn't let him do anything. Yeah, right. And I think it does. It sticks with him. Because the next time Luffy, like, has to comment on this, he's basically like, yeah, I gotta prioritize the lives of the people on the crew. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's, like, exactly what Iceberg was calling him out about. Yeah. It's, this is a, it's just, it's, it's a thinker of a arc. Yes. Very heavy. Uncharacteristic yeah. for uh, the franchise up until now. But mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You gotta have these switch ups. So there's, there's another little taste of character growth. It's kind of minor. It's just one line. But uh, in chapter 328, when Nami is running off in hopes to catch the Frankie family members that stole the money. Uh, she hops on the Yagura and asks it to take her to the Cape. And as she's headed that way, she's like definitely worried about the money, but she also says that she just hopes Usopp managed to escape. Like that's a lot of money. And for Nami to even give another thought when that's gone is a pretty big thing for her. So I, I like to see that snuck in there. Yeah, I mean, I've never really thought of, I mean, of course, this was kind of the case prior to when she was a proper crew member before Arlon Park. But beyond that, I've never really considered Nami like more money hungry than caring about her crewmates. But uh, yes, I do think it is a good thing for her to uh, address that here. Just that it's 200 million or or bellies (laughs) or berries, whatever the heck it is. 200 million like yeah that's a lot of cash yeah yeah uh good to see that she is compassionate and i agree she's not she she cares about people more than the money but it's a close second (laughs) very close without a doubt Mm -hmm. uh nami eventually finds usopp 
and the real, like, meat of the ark has its seed planted, fertilized, and watered at this point. It's <laughs> is ready to burst. Like, Usopp is so broken, both physically and mentally. Like, he's not sure he can face basically his only friends outside of his home island. Like, as we've said previously, this conflict has been building since at least the last arc, and you could argue that it's always been building since Usopp has said that his dream is to be a, a brave warrior, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's all of that is kind of still nothing compared to what happens in the next couple chapters. Indeed. The man has been sliding down the slippery slope of feeling inadequate for some time now and it just piles on and piles on throughout mm -hmm. this whole Frankie family thing and he always does his best like he really really does even when he's scared like it's Usopp's best and I can't fault him for that indeed and nobody else does either except no. for Usopp himself yeah yeah it's rough dude indeed but he probably does one of his bravest acts to date when he goes straight to the Frankie house, bursts their door open, and demands the money back, even though they already beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Not a wise choice. I mean, four of those guys already beat him up, no problem. And uh, mm -hmm. there are many more than, like, four in that house, but... Indeed. Time is of the essence. <laughs> Quite so. Maybe he was hoping that no one would be home. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just leave the $200 million there, walk away. Indeed. In reality, he was just, like, riding an emotional high, but, you know. Yeah. Things go pretty poorly, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, to the point that when Luffy and the other three show up, they basically assume he's dead. Like, <laughs> they are kind of shocked to hear that he's breathing and Chopper will be able to help him. And then they go buck wild. Oh, yes. The assault on the Frankie house. Very satisfying, because uh, mm -hmm. those boys are just the worst. <laughs> yeah, gives them a taste of their own bully medicine, finishes it off by, uh, you know, quote-unquote dismantling their very base by just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kicking it down, punching <laughs> it down, slicing it all up, whatever. Indeed. Real eye for an eye, or house for a house, I guess, situation. There was a weird little moment, like, translation-wise, in the assault on the Frankie house. I'm reasonably sure that uh, even to this day, uh, Viz translates uh, Zoro's sword style as three sword style, which is, you know, correct. But <laughs> in this little bit, when he's about to use the Raven Hunt move to cut the cannonballs, they mm. call it Santoryu. They use the original Japanese instead, which is, I don't think they've ever done before or after. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very strange. I saw it and I was like, what? Yeah. Am I reading, huh. <laughs> am I reading the official release right now? Is this the <laughs> the Viz app? Uh, but yeah, strange. Hmm. All right. I'll be on the good. lookout for more instances like that. But uh, Yeah, good catch. Even in the current chapter, they say Odin one sword style. That's true. I saw it with my eyes today. Indeed. Weird. Hmm. Be watching you, Viz. Watch your step. <laughs> eyes like a hawk. Indeed. Huh. So, um, one thing that, well, I mean, I appreciated many things this time around and the, just these 10 chapters alone. Um, but one thing that stood out to me was 
seeing just how calm and rational everyone other than Luffy and Usopp were while they were arguing on the ship, like before things got really bad. Specifically, both Zoro and Sanji urged Luffy and Usopp to calm down, to talk things over rationally, which in my head means that, you know, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. The crew, they always seem, you know, spectacular and close, but in reality, there's a lot of downtime that we don't see happening, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that they butt heads every now and then, like, more than just Zoro and Sanji. Not on this level, of course, but it, it is good to remember that they're not infallible, uh, especially at this point in the story. There's a lot of character growth still to come, you know? Mm -hmm. We even see... I don't remember if this little mini flashback occurs during their argument or maybe it's during the fight, but uh, we see one of those like fights you allude to when uh, Luffy is sitting on the head of the Mary mm -hmm. and Usopp wants to sit there and they have a little bit of a repartee about that for a yeah, I think Luffy says like, no, this is my special <laughs> yeah. spot. Back off, Usopp. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, again, read it, people. It's good. It's a good argument. I see people complain on occasion that had they just reacted rationally, that this like break in the crew wouldn't have needed to happen. And while that may or may not be true, Luffy does get the important bit out relatively quickly. He tells Usopp flat out, hey, we were told the ship can't be repaired. I have to make this decision as captain. Mm -hmm. um, where the break comes is... Usopp just feels as though he has a stronger connection to the ship because it was a gift from Kaya and feels betrayed that Luffy would just say, hey, it's a ship. It's not a human being, you know. So I don't really feel as though that criticism is quite on the money. Yeah, the Mary's definitely weird, but it's still a ship. Indeed. Um, and Usopp and... was the only one that saw, like, its spirit back then and he didn't even know that that's what it was right at the time and everybody feels as though the mary is important to them but it's not like humanized <laughs> in their minds just yet yeah i mean i think i think zoro pretty much put it best when he said like you know when people go through hard things they get tougher when inanimate objects go through hard things they get weaker mm-hmm <laughs> It's just, it, that is just a fact. And it's also good to remember that, like, God, how old is Usopp at this point? Like, 16? Oh, something like that. Yeah, like, these are, these are young people. So, there's, a, it, it's easy to get caught up in emotions. And, you know, I, I said it earlier that Usopp doesn't have many friends. And uh, Kaya definitely was a big one. So I get it all, but Luffy's, Luffy's still in the right. Like, that's where I end up every time. Luffy's... He even went about it correctly. Like you said, he brought it up fairly early. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. To the tussle itself, I imagine. Yeah, it was... I mean, it was kind of hard for me to get through this time around. It's... I just... I care about both of these characters so much, and I know that this moment is fleeting, and it you know, obviously it leads to good things, but it's so, oh, it, it's so heavy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially when, um, 
like Usopp uses that dial to put out the gas and then explodes it and it shows the the water from the explosion dripping down the Mary's yeah. face just like tears like oh my god Oda you know what you're doing and I appreciate it but I hate it he knew just which heartstrings he could pluck to uh, mm-hmm. get an emotional reaction out of us and it worked and all the while uh, little flashbacks are happening of like cute little moments between Luffy and Usopp throughout their friendship and all the while these two boys who we know care about each other a lot and they're just having a a thing right now beating beating the snot out of each other when mm-hmm. they don't really want to no and Usopp does bad. extremely well considering oh, yeah. his <laughs> growing mound of disadvantages mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but this fight is i mean it's kind of like a fight against a smarter Don Krieg um <laughs> but also taken to the next level. Like, as Usopp points out, he knows all of Luffy's tricks. He knows how to how to counter them, and he's given it, I don't know, a number of hours to think it over and prep himself in town. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Luffy's caught off guard. He might not have even expected Usopp to go this hard, you know? like It's true. Definitely underestimated him. And Usopp yeah. lands many, many hits. But uh, mm-hmm. isn't able to dish out enough damage to bring Luffy down. Yeah, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans, does it? <laughs> it's to be expected, you know. Like, indeed, they are just on different levels. But he did. I'm real proud of this boy. I'm real proud. Indeed. Not for the emotional mess that he is, but for the growth that can come from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's like you know, where we left off. So that's all I got. I'm real glad that we left the comedy roundup for the end because uh, <laughs> we need it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, one more thing that I had that I wanted to touch on before oh, that. I though. had one more thing too. Well, why did you make it sound as though we were done, Jordan? <laughs> well, mine's dumb. You do yours first. <laughs> okay. When I got to Water 7 the first time, years and years Physically. ago in my first read, Yes, when I personally sailed up to Water 7, uh, my little boat was a mess. I had to talk to Galley Law and get it fixed. Um, this sounds familiar. It was, whole, it was a whole to-do. But no, when I first read this all these years ago, at that point, I already knew about Frankie joining the crew. Uh, it was like oh. the one big spoiler I knew about. Okay. I had borrowed a copy of a Unlimited Adventure from a friend, which had Frankie as a playable character along the rest of the crew. Which was weird, because at that point, the official release wasn't anywhere close to Frankie at the time, but he had an English voice actor and everything in this game. Whoa. But I am told that back when that was coming out weekly, there was a debate at the time about whether or not the Straw Hats Carpenter was going to be Frankie or Polly, kind of similar to the Carrot Yamato debate of the Mm. the modern era. Interesting. So how... Do you think uh, Polly would have fared as like a crewmate? <laughs> I mean, I think he'd get along real well with both Zoro and Sanji, no doubt. Um, <laughs> well, I don't I know because, he... like, with Sanji, he wants the women to be wearing less clothes, but for Polly would freak out about that. <laughs> Similar in some respects, but clashing. I guess in that's others. true. <laughs> I feel like if. If Sanji sat him down and talked to him, he'd come around. <laughs> you think he could uh, bring Polly over to his side? 
Probably, yeah. Might yeah. have to go through like some sort of therapy, like a chopper had to do to Sanji after the time strip. We had to like sit there and just look at pictures of Nami and Robin <laughs> just fully clothed to rehabilitate himself. Uh, could be, could be. <laughs> but no, that's that's a fair point. Also, Sanji wouldn't want the even potential competition. Um, that's true. Paulie does have like a, a beard of sorts and he wears goggles. So that's... And he smokes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's blonde, I think. Uh, I believe you. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty strong. He's quirky. He's a skilled shipbuilder. A little yeah. bit of a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. So, Could go in the water if need be. Like, yeah. I don't know if the ropes would work at all underwater. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. he wouldn't be a stone. That's true. But uh, I could see it. I could see, especially since he was introduced before Frankie, thinking at the time, this is the guy that's going to be a, a well, strong Yeah, strong Frankie hand. and everything associated with him is also played up to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Quite so. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, my last stupid thing. <laughs> Just going to point out that Gadatsu has been the focus of way too many cover pages <laughs> at this point. He's got uh, like 13 or 16. It's crazy. Are you telling me you're not emotionally compelled by his adventures, like building hot springs and like trying to <laughs> do normal human things and failing? Uh, and stumbling upon the, what, the earth god and the forest god? Indeed. Then he punches that guy and like converts his head into like a riding space. It's real weird. <laughs> Oda had so much fun with this. And I appreciate that, but I just don't, yeah, I don't care about this Gadatsu fellow. Indeed. And it doesn't really feel like any of the other cover arcs where, like, something could come out of it. Like, the Kobe stuff from a while back, that's all mm-hmm. narratively very relevant. Mm-hmm. Buggy had some stuff. Buggy had some stuff, yep. That led to him coming back in a, in Lode Town, because mm-hmm. um, he met Alvita in that little little bit. Yep. Uh, the Ace stuff, which was kind of recently, That's not true. so much, but a little bit, because uh, the girl that he was like delivering milk for in that cover arc <laughs> comes yeah. back later. So yeah, it, he's always got a plan, but I don't, I don't know if he did with this one. I think he was just taking a break. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. He just personally liked Gadatsu and felt bad that he didn't get to do as many funny things with him as he had in his brain. Oh, really? Time, so. I did not know that. I mean, I just made that up, so <laughs> do not. You said that like it was a fact, and I was like, okay, great. Thomas knows more than I do. This makes sense. <laughs> I will use this power exclusively for evil. I hope you're prepared. But I think that takes us into our little mini gag segment. Feel free to chime in with anything you had. First and foremost, uh, Luffy's terrible art strikes again right at the beginning of the this chunk. <laughs> Yep. Uh, he draws his imagined ideal shipwright, apparently a five meter tall monster who may or may not be part octopus, depending on whether or not Sanji's assessment can be trusted. Well done, Luffy. You, you got me again. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we seen, like, m- at least most of his drawings come to fruition in some way, but not this one, really? Like, I don't know if we see it. Well, I guess a lot of people are five meters tall in the One Piece world. That's true. That's not exactly a uh, striking quality in this particular no. universe. 
The only other thing I can think of is when Luffy is like drawing a fish man. Mm-hmm. And he's like drawing Nami as a fish man. And it's pretty much correct. That is what a fish man looks like, more or less. Yeah. Um, like that's that is the main one that jumps to my head. I guess there might not be more. Anyway, continue. When they are walking to the shipwrights with the money in hand, Luffy carelessly flings the case with his hundred million. <laughs> Nami and Usopp dive for it, but Luffy just stretches, catches it, and they fall into the canal. And the most Sucks casual man. <laughs> Indeed. Doesn't even feel bad about it afterwards, but does get a beating over it. So, good for them. Mm-hmm. Luffy and everybody else mistaking Kaku for Usopp <laughs> based on his nose, even with the real Usopp right there next to him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This joke is recycled like eight times throughout these ten chapters, and it's funny it's each one. Great. <laughs> when Kalifla is upset, right, Iceberg Secretary, she tends to accidentally kick him in the face along with her intended target, sometimes instead. Indeed. Uh, but we know that Kalifla is a trained, deadly assassin. Yep. So I am left to conclude that she has to hit Iceberg on purpose because she thinks it would be funny. <laughs> it also makes her less assuming. But yeah, she's just like, I can totally get away with this. Indeed. I mean, she could just, you know, miss with her kits and that would be equally believable. But nah, she has to hit Iceberg with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit of resentment, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a similar deal with Lucci. I mean, we know he can speak like a normal man, but he chose his cover to be a weirdo who can only speak through a pigeon. (laughs) And then that also leads to one of my favorite comedy moments where the uh, Hattori the pigeon is insulting Polly and berating him for his gambling debts. And eventually Polly like starts to fight back, but he's talking to Rob and Luffy just goes, Hold on. Think about it. It's the pigeon that's insulting you. And I love that every time. And Polly snaps back. Yeah, that's true, but Lucci's the one that hit me. So that's where my beef is. (laughs) Yeah. Polly just objectively agrees with this absurd claim by Lucy. And uh, that's not where his beef is. He's been there Uh, before. Indeed. And then the uh, the last bit I had was a uh, Lulu's sorry, Peeply Lulu's <laughs> uh, hair spike that Iceberg claims is bedhead that pops up somewhere else, anywhere else if you push it down. Mm-hmm. Pops mm-hmm. up on his mustache, pops up on the other side of his head. I'm sure it pops up in a variety of other places that I didn't notice. But who boy? Delightful every time though. Silly man, that Lulu. <laughs> From name to characteristics, just a goof. Quite so. In summation, Water 7, very good. Looking forward to reading the rest of it as we move forward. Yeah, we'll do that next week, I think. I don't I don't think there's a break, is there? There is not. The next chapter release is on October 3rd. We'll be back to that. Feel free to send in your thoughts on the new chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcast at gmail.com on Twitter to inherited underscore will in a comment on the YouTube video, etc. We are on Stitcher now, so if that's your preferred podcast platform, uh, feel free to search us up there. Also on uh, iHeartRadio as well, and uh, also Pandora. I don't think we ever brought that up previously. Oh, good. But uh, once again, thanks for listening.
Bye-bye.